0: Welcome to Timeline Scavengers, the podcast specifically designed to last forever. I'm Colin Parker, one of your hosts.
1: And I'm James Anderson, your other host. On this show, we're going through the MCU in historical order, scene by scene, until the end of time.
0: James, welcome back. Welcome to another episode. Uh, I think that this episode, I'm going to almost immediately get into it because, as you can see in my uh, Zoom window here, my nickname for this episode is "Meanwhile Text Box," yeah. right? Because that is exactly what this whole scene felt like to me, or at least yeah. the start of it, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, because the way that it cuts is, I mean, like I don't think it's a bad edit or anything like that. It's just very funny to me the way that that scene is cut. So, yeah. anyway, oh, so this yeah. is for Agents of Shield, season seven, episode two, starting at twenty minutes fifty-three seconds and ending at twenty-two minutes and thirty seconds. Um, yeah. So, again, just to kind of give a quick rewind, at the end of the last scene that we discussed, uh, May is trying to leave the Zephyr, and she's like, tell me where they are. And Enoch is like, I am not allowed to divulge that information. And then she just death glares at him. And as it's like kind of focusing in on her focus and intention, it's like immediately a cut to the full pan, like like full widescreen of the room right. of people yeah. pacing and arguing, like mid-conversation. And yeah. it felt like if this was like an actual show, maybe in the 1930s or 50s or whatever, you would hear an actual narrator going, meanwhile, back at the speakeasy. You know, like, right. and then you would hear the line. Um, so that's exactly what happens. And then Daisy and Colson are clearly mid-argument already. And they're arguing about what the right thing to do is when it comes to Freddy. And uh Yo-Yo kind of finally speaks up, and she is definitely taking Daisy's side, which mm. I think is very frustrating to Colson. Koenig finally speaks up and he says, I'm beginning to think you guys are crazy. Hydra, red skull, super soldier serum. It sounds like something out of the funny papers. <laughs> Once again, never really doing an accent with the exception of the word coppers and papers. Uh-huh coppers papers but everything else has been normal right just kind of a funny little uh, decision I guess Uh, so he says sounds like something done out of the funny papers Daisy shoots back with well there's nothing funny about it Colson is you know kind of being the calm parent telling them why they can't Mm -hmm. do this why they can't stop it Daisy fires back with yes we can (laughs) Colson's like okay what I mean to to say is is that we shouldn't I'm sorry (laughs) And then Daisy, again, this is kind of like a, you're not my real dad situation. Yeah. Because then she goes, with all due respect, it's not your decision to make. Mac is the director and he doesn't have all the information. And you can see the hurt in Colson's face, I think, on that line. Mm-hmm. And like that, that stings. And then yeah. suddenly, kind of like the last ep- or two episodes ago, th- although now it's the opposite, right? Like this is kind of like a save by the bell situation. So now the tech suddenly working is great. It right. diffuses the situation. The walkie-talkie suddenly pipes up, and it's May calling in. Coulson kind of starts going for it. Gemma's like, she doesn't know you're back. Mm -hmm. (sighs) Takes a step back. May asks them where they are. Gemma says, don't worry about it. We're coming back to the Zephyr. May then asks about Deke and Mac, and that's when Gemma's like, listen, you you don't need to worry about them. And because she's not immediately giving the info, May is just like, all right, I'll find them myself, and just tosses the walkie-talkie aside No regard for the well-being of this item, but of course we kind of know why. Uh, Gemma is then trying to call out to her not to leave, but it's obviously too late. Uh, Coulson says, we have to finish the mission. Daisy rips the cloth. I think it's maybe a shirt, maybe a rag that's been like kind of tied up in the woman's mouth. Starts asking her questions about where they can find Freddy. And she taught some, oh, he's off to be in the right side of history bullshit. And then Coulson's like, listen, ignore this one. We're not going to hurt him. We just want to find our friends. Good cop, bad cop. The stick and the carrot, right? Right. She tells him, well, then you can go straight to hell. Thinking She's so clever. Not thinking about the fact that Koenig, who clearly is from this time period and from this area, is like, wait, I know where that is. I've been there. Yo-Yo practically rolling her eyes. I mean, like, she doesn't. But it is in the inflection of, I'm sure you have. Candace, it's like, no, no, no. I mean I, I mean, I have been there. I know what she's talking about. She's talking about Hell's Harbor. I like this line a lot. It's where the double crossers go to double cross the double crossers. That's a good one.
1: Yeah, that's a good line for sure.
0: Okay, well, fine. So you know where it is, but you'll never make it there in time unless you can fly. There's no trains fast enough. This is once again, if this was a comic book, this would be see the episode from 2 to 22 <laughs> minutes, 842 to 950. They ask where to find it. Canik says he'll tell them on the way. That's not possible. Canik says, I'm not telling you anything unless you take me along. Freddy's my responsibility. I want answers. If you want to help your friends, that's my price. Everyone in the room from S.H.I.E.L.D. kind of you know, slowly looks at Coulson, giving him a look of, please tell me that you're not going to, as <laughs> Coulson kind of starts to give that look over his shoulder of like, well, actually, that's the scene, though. However, yeah. I think that this is interesting. The mystery woman said it was impossible to get there unless they could fly. When they said that they could, she looked shocked. So I did my best to look up how common it was to own a plane in the 1930s. Mm. Once again, James, you would be fascinated as to how little information there is on (laughs) any kind of stuff from that time period. It is unbelievable no matter how I worded it. I tried even just saying how many planes existed. Right. Couldn't even tell me that. They were just kind of like, I don't know. There were just, there were some. So I was really hoping to find out some cool stuff about like, Why she would think, well, you don't look like you could afford to own a plane. Oh, wait, you do? Oh, no. Right? Right. Because this is a clear big break for them. And, like, she was feeling fine with kind of taunting this information because, of course, they can't fly. Right. Well, (laughs) surprise, surprise, they can. So, with that, unfortunately, I have nothing else for this episode. It's a longer scene, and we get one step closer to the end of the episode. But it's also another step towards a very definite confrontation between Daisy and Coulson because the tension is high.
1: Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. Palpable, as some might say. Palpable, for sure. I have a... I need to file a complaint. Oh, okay. Oh, that's a good segment. The Timeline Scavengers Complaint Department. Yeah. this is, I, I rarely have complaints. I'm Optimus James most of the time. Sure. This scene... Drives me up a wall and back down again. Double crossers go to double cross, double crossers. Great, great line. Excellent. Very 30s, very, very noiry.
0: Can I ask a question? Can I take a guess? Yeah. Is it that the grammar of that is like so many negatives or something that like it becomes no. impossible? Oh, okay.
1: Nope. Never mind. No, no, no. Love it. Love that. Okay. Well, here's what I hate. Okay. Then you can all just go to hell. Wait a minute. I know that. Hell's Harbor. It's over. I blah, blah. It's a common expression. Why would she be...
0: Just giving that information out?
1: <laughs> you guys are just for the birds. Wait a minute. The birds. The falcons. Falconcrest. The TV show Falconcrest starts so-and-so. That place is the place name of this and such. Let's go. I mean, it's like a freaking Da Vinci Code novel. <laughs> I love Da Vinci Code novels. However, sometimes it's like... It's convenient that you knew that.
0: I think it? that there are some characters where that makes sense, right? Where it's like, for example, someone like Batman, who's DC, I know, but known as the world's greatest detective, the Riddler gives him something. And so he's like, hmm, okay, this sure. means, this means, this means, this. I need to go across the Harbor to whatever point to find a balloon that has the next clue, right? For, like that the makes Batman The sense. movie,
1: the 66 movie, they do, Excellent comedic work with right. the, the 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 riddles are so stupid and he gets them immediately and knows exactly what they mean. Absolutely. Right. Go ahead. Yeah. Sorry. Go you ahead.
0: Know, no, I, just, I mean, I think it's like things like that or honestly anything that is like a mystery solver, right? Like Columbo, for example, people always thought that he was this bumbling idiot, but, you know, he asks these weird questions and managed to just sort of stumble into this sort of answer. So to me, it's like Columbo would just know, oh, well, hang on. You said that go to hell. You know, that's funny because- there's this harbor across the way, Hell's Harbor. I was thinking about taking my wife there for, you know, would you, would you recommend that? They're like, no, that's where the double crossers go to double cross the double crossers. I like, oh, okay. So it's funny that you would know that because Jimmy Two-Timer says that you're a double crosser. <laughs> so I know that you're right. They're like, oh my God, like how do I do that right. again? You know, that I'd actually sense. be
1: fine with that. if If it was, oh, it's interesting that you said that. Let me poke at that a little bit. That'd be fine. But what happens is she uses a common turn of phrase he knows an obscure place name that contains one of the words she just said and she's like rats you got me it's like where was the trick where was this no one was fooling anyone she said a thing he said a thing and it happened to be correct it drives me like I know they have to move the plot along and get us to where we're going not like this not like this, not like this cap
0: Here, here's, here's a question for you yeah if if He said, Hang on, like if they said, Well, then you know, we've got we're getting nothing from her, but then he comes up to them kind of on the side and is like, Hey, actually, just so you know, I think I have something here, right? Which is just and specifically was like, There's a place here called Hell's Harbor, and the, all the bootleggers, when they talk about meeting, they always talk about going to hell,
1: okay? Yes, right? Like if there's yes. a line
0: that's like, this, Yes, like I know that this is a common expression, but it's also. A common expression uh, between right. us because we can kind of use it as code without anyone. F- I mean, for sure, it's probably still kind of an easy jump to make. But like you know, people. But don't if you know the
1: information, it. yeah, absolutely. Right. And if 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 even she had been like, you'll never find where we're harboring him. You can go straight to hell. Like right. a better written line than that. Basically, that's the way just... that
0: I write my "Who's Freddy paragraphs.
1: <laughs> right. Right. You know, but. Yeah, it, I mean the way you wrote it in your hypothetical, yeah. I love that he knows that that's the that's the the password, that she doesn't think he knows that. Right. But of course he knows it cuz he's a species owner. Letter, Why on yeah. earth would he not know that? Right. Like um that would be fine. This feels like like somehow third grade James and his little buddies wrote two lines of Agents of Shield season 7 <laughs> episode 2 and it was these two.
0: Can I tell you what it is? What? it's somehow he returned yeah from you know the rise of skywalker yeah, yeah. famous like yeah. T- terrible line one of the worst li- written lines in all of
1: sometimes you week. just have to piece Say the pieces together yeah. and it's just like don't look at that section
0: you know what it feels like it feels like you were making a puzzle and then you went uh, uh these two pieces don't fit together and someone said they do now and they just shoved yeah. them They sh- exactly and like, you look at it and you're like that picture's not right but okay you know, I'm sure.
1: And now it says E Pluribus Mum. That doesn't make any sense. What What does that even mean? No, it uh, Mum's Harbor. Um.
0: <laughs> right. It's the harbor that my mom owns.
1: Let's go. It the Dodge Harbor. Um, it's a boat. So, so I, my my complaint is just the quickness
0: that they get to that.
1: It's it's. It paints all other noirish dialogue that I think I probably have ever heard in my entire life as way more clever than I realized it was. Because yeah. this has the tone of it. This has everything that it should have, except for the cleverness. And, and, yeah.
0: It's also really weird to me, because specifically, like, Daisy and Coulson have been the ones interrogating her the whole time. And... She's never given anything, really. But the fact that she gives this one thing, because, again, we've talked about this before. Villains kind of need to monologue a little bit to show that they've won. They need to be smug about it, right? But, like, the fact that Koenig, this guy who, like, is just kind of the worst, right, the entire two episodes, is like, ooh, I have the answer. It's like, it's that, what is, is it the onion that says, that guy you hate just made a really good point.
1: Yeah. It's, it's <laughs> yeah.
0: exactly what that is Where you We're like, oh, okay.
1: Here's what would have saved it. Here's what would have saved it. Two words would have saved this for me. All, all, all mysterious one had to say were two words or maybe three, depending on your aesthetic choices. Let's just say you can go straight to hell. Let's just say means I'm saying something that I'm not saying. Right. And then, then, um, Canaan can unravel that and that's fine. Yeah. It's that we don't know that she was being sneaky rather than just defiant.
0: I think another good thing about that, right. Cause the other thing is like, he's across the room and then he just like (laughs) blurts it out. I think a a good thing would be also as if you're interrogating her, she says that you flip the thing back in her mouth, walk over to reconvene, like to kind of connect like this is not going anywhere it's like, well, what did she say? And then they yeah. say it. And, go, and then, like, if he doesn't hear it the first time, and he goes, go to hell. Everyone knows that that just means Hell's Harbor. Right? Because, like, to right. him, in right. the time, he's from the time, so, like, he's then giving them the final piece of the clue. Versus right. just being like, hey, I overheard your conversation. Here's the answer. You know?
1: I need to short-circuit this exposition, because this scene has gone on for quite a long time.
0: <laughs> we really need to get to a scene where the Chronicops talk by the you know, train station train tracks it's really important to the story we've moved on a lot from 1931 like in real time sure but how different was tv back then
1: colin i'm gonna i'm gonna get into it and i'm I'm glad you asked because mm-hmm. there was a tv show in 1931 mm-hmm. called it started on october 8th 1931 it was called piano lessons okay It's an American music education television series featuring Piano Lessons from G. Aldo Randiger. It originated in New York City on W2XAB, now WCBS-TV, the same thing that did the boxing one. A then-experimental television station, um, Piano Lessons is among the earliest regularly scheduled television programs. Due to a lack of preservation, the entire series is widely accepted as being completely lost. Like we said, they didn't know how to save it. Right. Um... The series consisted of piano lessons given by Professor G. Aldo Randiger and aired on Mechanical Television. Uh, The first episode aired on October 8th, as announced in the radio news section of the Daily Star newspaper. Originally a 30-minute series, it later aired in a 15-minute time slot, which is hilarious to me. They're like, 30 minutes of piano lessons is too much, G. Aldo. And he's like, all right, cut it down to 15, because that's a thing we can do these days um it aired without commercials as to american television was not your commercial service um so it i can't i really hope it was as interactive as i'm thinking it is where he's like like almost like a dora the explorer like i'll play it now you good.
0: good yeah now i'll play <laughs> can you show me where the sheet music is Here it is. I'm the
1: sheet music. I'm the sheet music. I'm the sheet music. I'm the sheet music. G Aldo. No, dude. No, absolutely not. Um,
0: Piano player. No playing, right? The playing pianos (laughs) like starts to play the music automatically. It's like, don't cheat. Play the music on the sheet. Right.
1: (laughs) I, I don't cheat. Play the music on the sheet. One, very catchy. Two, uh, I like to I like to think that we have a line of esoteric merch that that is possible for timeline scavengers. Mm-hmm. Don't cheat, play the music on the sheet would be a very good esoteric timeline scavenger. Like Mayan man would be one.
0: Oh yeah, that's so true.
1: Door to the face would be one. Don't cheat, play the music on the sheet would be mm-hmm. one. You know, all sorts of stuff. Um, heard of it? So yeah, uh, piano lessons is a show that in 1931 they just showed a dude. And he gave piano lessons and that's it because it was like, you know, Alta Vista levels of geo cities of, of television where it was like, uh, who knows? Who does? <laughs> yeah. Uh, so that was it. So piano lessons.
0: Fantastic. Well, yes, James. Yeah. Why don't you do our social medias?
1: Well, we have some Twitter handles that I need you to jot down. Now that we do have ways of recording stuff, uh, I need you to jot them down so they're not lost to history. Pen and paper, yep. Pen and paper. Um, this is the first one. You can find our show on Twitter at Timeline Scav. You can find our, our podcast network, The Scavengers Network, at ScavengersNet. And you can find me on Twitter at Unabashed James. Colin, where can people find you on Twitter?
0: You can find me on Twitter at Colin M. Parker.
1: Wait, before, pick the pencil pencil back up, people. You're not done yet. You have one more. We have the composer of the music that you heard that, that brought you in. That You're like, Man, this is going to be a classy show. They're going to talk about piano lessons and stuff. <laughs> and the composer of that is Nick Vermald. And here's his deal. You can find him on Twitter at N-B-R-A-M-A-L-D or you can find them at nickbrimwaldcomposer.co.uk. As always, I'm James Anderson.
0: And I'm Colin Parker. Let's go! Excelsior! your life was a little more spooky hi everybody my name is jordan reed and i'm lindsey reed and this is spooky spouses a podcast about ghosts and stuff tall tales if you ever want to find out if a psychic is real or not commit a crime (laughs) and then go to them and ask about the crime cryptid technology. That's why we can't find Bigfoot, because they don't have trackers, they don't have these apps that are like, here I am, going to the ice cream store later. Scary stories. (laughs) You know what you're going to do? What? Crap your pants. Oh, no. Okay. Numbers in general. I just hear or see numbers and my brain shuts off. You can find brand new episodes of Spooky Spouses every week wherever you get your podcasts. (laughs) Excuse me. Part of the Scavengers Network. The Scavengers Network. Creator-driven. Community-focused. Treasured content.